Welcome. You are listening to Park Avenue Podcasts, and this is Rabbi Elliot Cosgrove. While it's always better to hear it live, this is a place to be to catch the music, sermons, and select programs of Park Avenue Synagogue. If you like what you are hearing or want to learn more about the community, please check out our website at www.pasyn.org. Enjoy our latest installment. Shabbat Shalom. The success of the TV show Seinfeld was so significant that I'm confident that many of you, if not most of you, can finish the next sentence. Seinfeld was a show about? Unbelievable, right? I got a whole list of these, you know, sentence finishers from TV sitcoms that I'll use another time. It was a show about nothing, and that sentence is obviously so well known that we assume Jerry must have said it in an interview somewhere. That's not the case. In fact, the the line emerges from an episode from season four when Jerry and George are pitching an idea to NBC and can't really come up with, you know, like an engaging present premise. At one point, George distractedly asks, why the tables at their favorite diner aren't stocked with salsa. And they proceed to say the word salsa over and over again, right? And it's the number one condiment in America and how fun it is to say the word. And George says, this should be the show, just talking. What's the show about? Jerry asks, confused. What does George answer? Nothing. And for the rest of the season, this is the pitch to NBC, a show about nothing and a clear nod to the origins of Seinfeld itself, which finds stories in the same mundane, day-to-day aspects of our lives. And of course, what makes the show so appealing is that the mundane aspects of our lives don't necessarily add up to nothing. In fact, we know those mundane aspects are everything. I begin with this reflection about Seinfeld because we find ourselves in the midst of the festival, the Chag of Sukkot. And here I take my lead from an outstanding essay of our Torah by our classmate, by Rabbi Cosgrove, my classmate, Rabbi Shai Held, who was just in dialogue with you. You can watch that on PAS Connect leading into the holidays. Sukkot is known as Zman Simchatenu. It is known as a time of celebration. And what makes this interesting is that the other two festivals, the other two Chags of Passover and Shavuot are not known this way. I mean, in fact, it's a little more than that. Sukkot for the rabbis was known as Hechag, the festival, the celebration, the pilgrimage. And the question is why? Why does only Sukkot carry the description of Zman Simchatein? And to sharpen the question a little more, Passover commemorates, at least historically, when the rabbis transformed our festivals from agricultural days to sort of historical commemorations, Passover commemorates Yitziat Mitzrayim. It commemorates the exodus from Egypt. Shavuot commemorates the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. These are two massively 
significant moments in the history of the Jewish people. What better time to rejoice than in these two big moments, epic moments. And then think about what Sukkot commemorates. You know what the answer is? Nothing. Doesn't actually celebrate anything. No particular historical moment. It commemorates the journey through the wilderness. The journey from point A to point B. And it took a while to get there. So you understand the counterintuitive nature of this holiday. We are a people defined by history. We live for great historical moments. We reenact them in our daily liturgy, day after day, and when, yet when it comes to the holidays and the historical moments they celebrate, Sukkot comes to teach us that the greatest joy, the reason to truly celebrate, is not the splitting of the seas when we cross to freedom, or the thundering of mountains when God spoke to the Israelites at Sinai. Joy is not associated with those life-altering moments. Joy is found in the destination. And the simple steps, the simple steps we take to arrive there. In the words of Rabbi Yitz Greenberg in his book, The Jewish Way, still, I think, the best book written on the Jewish holidays, he says, it's relatively easy to rise to one peak moment of courageous commitment. It's more taxing, more heroic, to wrestle with the everyday obstacles without highs or diversions. True maturity means learning to appreciate the finite rewards of every day along the way. It's what I often tell wedding couples. You can tell more about a couple's marriage from how they are doing on some mundane day, seven years after the romantic wedding day. Because special occasions like bar mitzvahs come and go. And we should anticipate the blessings and we should celebrate those moments. But we also, the holiday teaches us, must look forward to the blessings that are found every single day all around us. Yes, of course, there are heroic deeds in our history and our tradition. Big moments like Abraham almost sacrificing his son to demonstrate his obedience to God. Judah Maccabee standing up and taking on the Greeks. The Six-Day War in 1967. But Judaism is not only founded on the dramatic moments. It's the everyday, simple acts performed by common people like you and me who embody the commitments of our tradition. Rabbi Joseph Soloveitchik writes in his book on repentance, indeed, sometimes a simple manifestation of human kindness, a display of decency towards people, stands on the same plane as a dramatically courageous act. Sometimes it's the small, modest, unseen act, the seemingly insignificant deed. And it's a beautiful insight. And once you understand this about our tradition, once you see it in our tradition, well, then you see it everywhere. Every place you look, every time the rabbi, not every time, you get the point. Right? So often when the rabbis are reading history, they read it in this way. 
So the Talmud teaches that the reason we received manna in the wilderness, this great miraculous act where day after day for 40 years, God provided food for the Israelite nation, was because Abraham so enthusiastically offered hospitality to the three strangers in the early chapters of Genesis. That wasn't a heroic act. It wasn't an earth-shattering moment in our history, but it was a deep expression of recognizing the humanity in another person. Or there's the case when our ancestors pleaded with God to spare the temple in Jerusalem from being destroyed. And the Midrash tells this great story that each one of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, stand before God making the case. And then Moses stands before God. Jeremiah the prophet stands before God. But God wouldn't listen to any of them. It was only when our matriarch, Rachel, pleaded the case that God announced that the Jewish people would return to the land. Why? Why, when all the big guns of our tradition stood before God, why did God only listen to Rachel? Because, the Midrash tells us, Rachel helped her older sister, Leah, when she let Leah know that she should marry Jacob first as the elder sister. This kind, compassionate act took precedence over all the heroic deeds of our patriarchs, of Moses, and of Jeremiah. And this is the message of Kohelet, Ecclesiastes, the book, the biblical book that we read on this festival of Sukkot. Kohelet finds meaning in the simple things of life. Sweet is the sleep of a laboring man. Enjoy life with the woman you love. Eat, drink, enjoy the sun, Kohelet says. And that's the meaning of Sukkot. It's a festival of simple things. There is a magnificence to the high holidays, a pageantry that I love, especially here at Park Avenue Synagogue. These are big days, dramatic days, days when we confront important, critical themes, themes about the meaning and the length and the depth of our lives. And then comes Sukkot. There's no epic event we commemorate, no great heroic act that we recount. It's a time of simple acts. It's a time when we sit in a sukkah, we commune with nature, we have schach, we have leaves, branches above our heads, we are exposed to the elements, we look up and we see the stars, and we surround ourselves with family and friends. I experienced this firsthand on Wednesday night at the combined men's club and women's network evening in the sukkah. It was packed. There was a lot of scotch there. There were little hot dogs being passed around, right? It was perfect. And I looked around, aware at the fact that it had been, I want to say three years, but probably more because we were in construction for a couple years before that. It could have been five years since we've stood in a sukkah in this community that was so crowded 
and so filled with life. And the emotion I experienced in that simple moment of presence, of being able to see people face to face, being able to offer a handshake, share an embrace, catch up on life. The people we haven't seen in a long, long time. The emotion I experienced was joy. It was Zman Simchatein. In just a couple days, we will finish the Torah. We'll roll it back to the beginning, and we will begin this long journey anew. Sure, we will recount the big, grand moments of our story. We may even experience a few of those moments ourselves. Births, bar and bat mitzvahs, graduations, weddings, grandchildren, perhaps the loss of a loved one. These are all epic moments that will change us, that will impact our lives. And then there are the moments that will seem altogether ordinary. Meeting a friend or a loved one for lunch, a walk in the park on a beautiful day like today, tucking in your children at night when they are a certain age. Moments that seem ordinary, but actually contain in them just a little bit of magic. They take us by surprise, alerting us that, alerting us that suddenly ordinary doesn't feel so ordinary. They're the kind of moments when someone asks you, anything special happened to you today? You might be tempted to answer, nope, nothing, nothing special, business as usual, as if you live in a Seinfeld world where your life is about nothing. What Sukkot teaches us is that maybe we need to reevaluate what exactly qualifies as nothing. In the coming year, may we all remember that life is made up mostly of the regular, frequent, mundane moments and what we make of them. And that, friends, that is not nothing. That is everything. And living with that spiritual attunement is truly zman simchatenu, a time for all of us to rejoice. I wish you all a mo'adim l'simcha, a chag sameach, a wonderful festival, and a Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to Park Avenue Podcasts, a place to be to catch the music, sermons, and select programs of Park Avenue Synagogue. If you like what you are hearing or want to learn more about the community, please check out our website at www.pasyn.org. See you in shul. Hallelujah.